0: Hiya, Georgie. Uh, Welcome to episode 154, the professional book nerds podcast. Send my overdrive. This is Adam. Hey Joe. Hi, Adam. We're doing a bonus episode. We are doing a bonus episode. Okay. I'm just going to tell everyone why. So we're going to talk about It right now. And the reason we're doing a bonus episode is because Thursday's episode was memoirs and the episode in and of itself was a little bit longer. And I asked before we started recording the intro, I was like, we probably shouldn't talk for a long time because it's a long episode. Then I proceeded to talk for a long time because I have so much to say about It, the movie, which we both have seen. Yes. And it's incredible. Yes. So you were very, very smart and said, why don't we just do a bonus episode? Because, hey, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yes, we can. So if you guys love Stephen King, which if you're a fan of Jill's, you will be a fan of Stephen King. This episode is for you. If you're not a fan of Stephen King or the movie or the book It, then you can just wait till Monday's yeah. episode for a new one. But a lot to say. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Yes, it is. It's
0: it i'm gonna try it i'm gonna be this is gonna be weird because i'm gonna say things that i just said to you but it wasn't recorded anymore so bill skarsgård as pennywise the dancing clown is the best character i have seen on a screen since the keith ledger's joker and i did tweet that as us but i just want to reiterate it, for people who don't follow us on twitter i can't it couldn't take my eyes off of him.
1: it yes so- um no, I would I would agree. You know, like I I'm a huge Tim Curry fan and have been for a very 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 long Same. time. Same. Um, and so I have always loved Tim Curry's Pennywise. He freaks me out so much in that film. But Bill Skarsgård is a completely different Pennywise mm-hmm. in a very good way, and I think he did that on purpose. You know, like knowing yeah. how attached people are to Tim Curry's um, Pennywise. Like, I, I remember telling one of our coworkers, Jack here, about it, how, and I think I told you that. You told,
0: yeah, I was going to say, the way you described them, you um, told me too.
1: Curry's Pennywise is very much, like, he seems like a real guy in a clown costume. Like, he's just this guy who just happens to live in a drain and is like, dressed like a clown and it's totally normal. You like, know, that like, old story. But like, just like, he's a guy in a clown costume. Scarsgard. Pennywise is a thing pretending to be a guy in a clown costume. Like, there's very much something not of this world to him. Something is just a little off. Like, he doesn't know how he's supposed to behave because he's not actually... You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to not, like, give everything away. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's... I mean, he's a clown who lives in the drain. I mean, obviously there's not... He's like... He's a monster. He's the villain. But yeah
0: but there's there's just little things i jokingly told i was i went and saw it with my wife and my sister law there was like 10 of us going um and i was jo- i jokingly told my wife we're sitting down right as the movie started for anyone who is this isn't a spoiler but for anyone who has seen the original it or read the book there the first line that pennywise dancing clown says is hiya georgie and i literally looked at my wife i was like if he doesn't say that i'm Getting out of the theater. (laughs) I'm walking away. Because I didn't... Same thing. I didn't want it to be Bill Skarsgård trying to be Tim Curry trying to be Pennywise. I wanted it to be his own thing, but I also wanted to say that. He does. Nails it. But then there's just these little nuanced things in, like, even that first scene where he's talking to Georgie and, like, he is, like, drooling and, like, his just... He has this, like, like you said, otherworldly... something
1: is off. Yeah. Something is off. Yeah.
0: I couldn't but i literally could not take my eyes off of him when he was on screen i wanted more of him um but there there's so many other parts of the story like the 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 losers the the club of young people who you know for lack of a better term kind of save the day so, you know the the main human beings that the story is about not only are is the casting perfect of majority relatively unknown young mm-hmm. like child actors but Every single one of them is flawless.
1: So good, yeah.
0: And they they did a, an incredible job of like. There's a lot of little side stories that you need to tell to make the end, you know, where they're confronting Pennywise together. Right. To make that to make it matter to you, there's literally. I'm trying to think. In the Losers Club, there's six of them, seven of them. That's way on the spot.
1: <laughs> Bev, Mike. Richie, Bev, Bill, Ben. I think it's five. Well, five
0: boys and and Bev, right? Eddie. Six, maybe
1: six. I think it's five boys and Bev.
0: So, and all of them have different backgrounds that are touched on at least a little bit to give you a reason of like they show you what their fears are, and it makes sense with what their fears are when they're confronting Pennywise and. They also show you just like a little bit of their background of their life so that you're emotionally attached to six different people while they're fighting Pennywise. And it's just that's hard to do. And, you know, most movie plots have like an A plot and a B plot, maybe a C plot. This one, it does it's brings them all together while also showing you separately why they are what they are.
1: Have you read the book? I have not. Okay. Um so for those who have read the book and have not seen the film, um, the well, okay, well, actually it's gonna be very long. This is gonna be a lot longer than I planned on it a minute ago. But um, so the book goes back and forth between the Losers Club and the Losers Club as adults. Mm-hmm. They sort of, and this is how the the old um, TV miniseries from like the '90s or whatever. This is what they did. It went yeah. back and forth. Um, for this, they've split it up into. They're going to split it up into two. Although. Um, so like the Losers Club, just the kids, is the first part, and it's a standalone. Like you don't, you know what I mean? Like it works on its own. I think they designed it that way in case it didn't. They were hedging, well. yeah.
0: They were hedging their, bet. they were hedging their bets. Which they didn't have to do because it made a. They did not. All the money. No,
1: but uh, it stands on its own. Yeah, somebody, um, one of our coworkers, I think Jack told me that. Was it you? Maybe it was Jack who told me that they didn't add that chapter. Like at the very end, it says Chapter One. They didn't add that until like the like a week before the movie. Once oh. it started to get the hype. The hype. They're like, "Okay, we can actually do this." Uh-huh. Um so for this it's it's just the Losers' Club as the kids. And for those who have read the books know that um, there's a somewhat controversial scene in the sewers at the very end uh that is not in the film. Yes. Um which is fine. They have to kind of change it a little bit. With regard to Bev's role, which I'm not crazy about, but um, that particular scene, not in it. Yeah. For those that know what I'm talking I, about. Yeah.
0: I mean, I haven't read the book, but I... I
1: <laughs> there's enough there's enough out there literature about it, especially recently, um, because of that particular scene and Stephen King yeah. kind of his his comments are like there's there's like a clown murdering children and all anybody yeah. can talk about is this one particular scene at the very end of the book but um so that's not in there and yeah just as an I, FYI I should clarify
0: yeah book. I should clarify I haven't read the book but like I have done as much research on a book that I haven't read as right. you can humanly do okay. so I know exactly what you are talking about yeah. I know all of the things that are in and not in Yeah. And, um but there's just little tiny references to other things like um the the turtle. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. oh, I love the turtle stuff. It was so subtle, yeah, but so, if you know to look for the turtle. Yeah, yeah. so
0: in the book, there is a, a a turtle plays a very specific and important role, but it's a very uh, like otherworldly yeah. type of a story. And there's just these little subtle nods to it. And they, oh man, every single part of this movie to me it was perfect. Like I honestly wouldn't change any of it. I
1: um my one thing is is that m- the character of Mike, um, who is the uh the African American, he he plays a much bigger role in the book that is not in this movie, which feels like they gave a lot of his stuff to uh Ben's character, which I mean in the context of Ben being the new kid, he doesn't have any friends. He's clearly uh-huh. the kid who would like go to the library and do the research, so that's fine. But um, so they, they took some of Mike's stuff away, which I don't like be, just because he seems kind of, oh, we have to,
0: have,
1: he, we he, have to have the African-American kid because he's in it, but we're just not really going to do anything with him. His
0: was the one that story. That was my
1: one thing I don't like.
0: Well, and so his, Mike's was the one story that it, um, I didn't think they did enough of the background. Like you find out was his tragic backstory near the end, but you don't really, it's it does feel slightly out of place when they show him um, in, like, the factory that he works in. It, it feels like it's kind of sh- thrown in there. But I do know that in the second chapter, which they are filming, Mike's role will be very big, and yeah. he's the one who stays in Derry. And... Well,
1: yeah, no, he does. Yeah, he's the narrator of the, the book, and, like, yeah, he's the one who stays there. He brings it right. all back. But, yeah, just, like, how they treated him in the Losers Club. Because, mm-hmm. like... You know, he's the one that kind of brings all this stuff, like the yeah. the films and the photos and all
0: that stuff. Well, and um, what's the character's name who is like the like the the bully? Um, Henry. I think I think it's. Oh yeah, you're right because that's what he goes to carve and in, um, into the. But okay, so the the actor who plays Henry, I don't know him. I, I gotta give this kid credit yeah. because in a movie about an interdimensional murdering clown that is, like, all-powerful and is basically eating children. I hated this child actor more than the clown who's murdering people. Like, he was so good at being upsetting and, like, just... I I want to know that that kid is living a perfect, actual childhood (laughs) life just so that that's not... He has no connection to the character he plays in this because he is so infuriatingly good at being a bully. Yeah. And it like and it's so the thing I liked about his aspect of this is like when you go see a horror movie like it's you know they focus a lot on like the gore or like the violence or, like the the jump scares but like the most upsetting part about this was like how raw and edgy and angry he is and like just like when he's like carving his his name into someone's stomach with a knife or like threatening to hit mike with a rock like he has so much anger in his like face and just incredible acting job. yeah i
1: think it's that's sort of you know the interesting juxtaposition of the story is that they you know the focus is sort of on this clown i mean he's not really a clown that's just how he presents himself but mm-hmm. this evil being clown um Pennywise. Pennywise. Yes. Thank you. Yep. So they, so the focus is on Pennywise and whatever form he manifests himself. But then they also have to deal with this very real bully who literally kind of wants to kill them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just your normal bully who beats you up and takes your lunch money. Like, no. He will literally do harm to you. Yeah. And, and, yeah, when you sort of see his own family life, yeah. like, you feel bad for him, but you're like,
0: no, you won't. <laughs> You feel bad for him for like 90 seconds. like 90 seconds.
1: seconds. And then
0: he- <laughs> And then it, yeah. But it is it's weird to say like normally I have a love-hate relationship with scary movies. Like I love watching them and but like I'm always I feel like I'm always holding my breath waiting for like when you turn the corner in a room that there the thing is going to be there. It's like very much like the best movie that has ever done this is Alien where you Like, you never know where it's going to come from. And when it does, it scares the crap out of you. I had that feeling with this, but it wasn't for Pennywise. It was for Henry. It was like, oh, God, they're going to drive downtown and they're going to see the bully. Like, again, forget the interdimensional murdering clown. He was so just... I I, want to see that actor play a happy role just so, like, in my mind, I can know, like, okay, well... (laughs) he's not going to be typecast as the world's most angry violent child
1: well i think it's because you know we know that pennywise is not real the kids know that pennywise is not real and that's sort of how they Mm -hmm. can kind of stop him to a degree henry is real yeah like henry bowers is a legitimate real threat to them that they have to worry about every single day of their lives Mm -hmm. they can't just tell him you're not real and make him go away. Yeah. They can't do that with him.
0: So in the first uh, mini series, and this is a nitpick of of all nitpicks, it's a little, but I'm curious on your thoughts in the first one, and then also in the book. I'm curious, like one thing that they didn't touch on too heavily here is why the parents and like the adults don't super acknowledge what's going on. They don't. There's not a lot of interaction. Like, there's little things. Like one mother being a hypochondriac and trying to keep her son in yeah, the I house. Yeah, I wish they had.
1: Yeah, I wish they had developed his story a little bit more too. Yeah, but
0: so it's... what? What were your thoughts? And in the book, I assume with it being a thousand pages, they go into more advanced, like why the 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 adults of Dairy don't address it.
1: Um, I I, I think that's actually just sort of the point like he wanted to sort of set it up where these kids have to do it on their own I don't think they make it quite as obvious in this movie that they're not paying attention Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I think I think the kids feel a little more neglected in the or they seem a little like this threat seemed a little more neglected in the book because there was more time to be like why are the parents not do like why are people not doing anything Um, you know there are other missing kids this is like they, they sort of Put it in there, um, that you know there are these other kids that have been missing, and it's all kind of tied together. Um, but yeah, the parents don't play as big a role, I don't think, in this movie as I remember them uh, from the books. But I think it's actually set up that way. Like I don't, you like that's the whole thing. Like the kids, mm-hmm. this is a kid versus monster thing. Like that, the kids have to yeah. do it.
0: My my whole thought, and yeah, I agree. And like my but my whole thought with it was. Um, I was conf- and I was confused as to what, why the kids weren't being like, why isn't any parent noticing? Like obviously with, there's a scene with Bev where something horrible happens and there are remnants of it in the room she's in and her dad can't see it.
1: Oh God, that's, that, you know what? That is, that scene is the worst scene for me. And I imagine it's actually um, for a lot of uh, girls. Mm-hmm. Like I think that like, that's what Bev's whole fear is. And I distinctly... I ha- I couldn't look at that. I couldn't watch that scene. Yeah. Like, of everything in the entire film. Yeah. That scene, both in this movie, the miniseries, and just the book. I'm like, I can't deal with that.
0: Well, I think with her... <laughs> I think with her character, they... Do, that's... With Bev's character, they do the best job of showing how isolated she is. Like, she has no family that can help her. Her dad is a horrendous human being... And so not only is he her horrendous a human being and is a poses a real threat to her, but he also can't see the things that are happening, which Right. But I feel like that was the only real parental moment that it's like they can't see what's happening to us. It was like in like in Stranger Things you know, which pays millions of homages to Stephen King because
1: the directors couldn't get Be- it. That's that's how Stranger Things happened. They, yeah, the two, yeah, the guys. They tried to get to direct this, and they're like, no. So like, all right, we're yeah. just going to do our own exactly. <laughs> but like
0: in in that, and again, same thing. Like it's a series, so they had eight hours to build. But, like they build out like why the parents aren't helping, and then they do kind of help at the end. So everything where that was my only thought of this where it was like they didn't see and it's again it's not even that they don't help because i know that's part of it But like it they didn't even the kids didn't seem to be like why is no one else helping us like
1: well i think like bev realized that maybe the parents can't see it like, yeah they just don't see that like mm-hmm. they can't see pennywise like they don't get it and yeah. so um you know and i i also feel like when you're at that age of like twelve to thirteen, you pretty much feel like you don't really need your parents anymore. So oh. you're like, I'm just gonna go do it on my own. Like, yeah, we can't, you know, get them.
0: Yeah, I'm curious with the second chapter, the second half of it. I've seen things about how they're going to get more into Pennywise's origin. Um, I know in the book that they talk about like there is a very it would have to be a cgi heavy scene where the kids figure out kind of what he is but i think they're talking about maybe going even like more like as opposed to even like what he is like how he came to be what do you what are your thoughts on like them exploring that because i think one of the biggest like things about the about pennywise and the, is the fact that like, you don't really know right his background it's kind of like the joker with in batman like one of the biggest things around him is this or like you don't know where he comes from and now they want to do an origin joker movie and it's like no that defeats the entire purpose like what are, your, what are you what do you do you want to see that do you want it to be ignored
1: i don't know if i have an opinion either way uh it would be interesting to see as long as it comes with king's approval um But I also, I think, not knowing kind of adds a certain level of terror as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love, I always do love, like, I think the most creepy and horrifying horror movies and stories are the ones where there's, like, no justification for what things are happening. Like, there is, I think it's called Strangers. There's a movie, it's a home invasion movie and i might be getting it wrong i don't have a computer in front of me but it's the one from a couple of years ago where like all of the people who are invading the homes were like um animal masks oh that's
1: time. i think right. it's the
0: strangers but the there's this line at the end where one of the people who they're about to kill is like why are you doing this and the people are just like because you were home yeah. and it's the most upsetting line in like any movie ever and that's kind of my thought about pennywise and it like i love the whole like why why is he doing this because that's what he does, right? That's...
1: that's what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily need an origin story, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm necessarily equally opposed to it either. Yeah. So
0: that this movie, in and of itself, like without Bill Skarsgård's, uh, you know, you, you know, being like without his acting job, it still would have been an incredible movie. But, like he literally is for the. I'd be curious to see how many minutes of screen time he actually has because I don't think it's a lot. It's not a lot. Every time he's on the screen, like I a scene would end with him, and I'd be like, Man, I can't wait for the next scene with him. Um, if you see the movie, which if you've gotten this far on the podcast, I imagine that you are going to see the movie or have seen it. Um, if you don't know who Bill Skarsgård is, I suggest you watch Henlock Grove, which is a kind of a vampire or a werewolf movie or sorry, werewolf show that he is in, and he's fantastic in that it's kind of where they found him, but um, yeah, it's. His portrayal of Pennywise, to take on a on a such a famous role and just make it your own and absolutely crush it. Agreed, blew me away.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, even like it. It kind of feels like a coming of age summer nostalgia film. Yeah. <laughs> when they updated as well, which I was, which makes perfect sense. Like once I realized that, because um, the the book. It, the the Losers Club is in like the late 50s, and then um, it's the the late 80s. Then for the adults, and they've updated it to like 1980,
0: 1988, I think, something
1: like that. And then so the when it come when it comes back in 27 years or whatever, it'll be around now. Yeah, which made yeah, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense.
0: That's the I'm actually really interested <laughs> in now with the second chapter is you know one of the biggest parts of how pennywise works is the fact that he can isolate people and he can you know even like the losers club throughout the movie that we've already seen he initially does this like the his he's successful initially because he pulls them apart from each other and they're by themselves so i'm curious with how it will be i hope they and i I, it's in good hands they have my trust but i hope they don't like I want them to address social media and things like that, but I do not want it to be like, "Oh, did you see this viral video of this clown like uh, in the sewer?" I'm yeah, more because it's any movie you do, like any modern age horror movie, you have to address like the fact that, oh, well, you know, if there's a cabin in the woods, why, why wouldn't they just call somebody? Oh, because they have no Wi-Fi, they have no service. Like you there ha- there's always like one or two lines at the beginning of all the movies that are new age, where it's like, "Oh, here's the reason that I can't just tweet." I'm being attacked. Please, someone help me.
1: It's funny. I was actually just watching... Um, Stephen King is everywhere right now. Yeah, everywhere. he is. And uh, I was watching the trailer for Gerald's Game, which is going to be a Netflix movie, and uh, they start to address that a little bit in one of the scenes because it was not set in the time of cell phones. And um, So the trailer, at least, kind of updates it to yeah. include that element, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, that's why I'll be really curious to see because they didn't need to worry about that for the original miniseries a because it came out you know like 1990 and this stuff didn't exist and also that you know 1950s clearly doesn't right didn't matter so um yeah i it's so rare for us to have something that we were like we need to have a bonus episode about it but this this is we'll probably do a few more of these in the coming months if (laughs) things deserve it but i can't think of anything else coming out that super deserves
1: yeah i don't remember so,
0: I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to talk about with it that I?
1: You guys should read the book.
0: Mhm. Did you see the tweet that Stephen King sent out? No. Stephen King tweeted, "He's like, for all of you wondering what happens in the second <clears throat> chapter, if you can't and you can't wait to see the next part of the movie, you could read the book." Just <laughs> saying. I was like, "Oh, Stephen King." Ah, uh, oh, Stephen King.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for those who don't know, uh. The splitting it up as they've done is, is, you know, just an interesting choice. I mean, I approve of the choice. I love that they split it up versus going back and forth. But, you know, you're going to get hit right in the beginning with what happens to these characters when mm-hmm. they get older. And you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, seeing what has become of them. But, um, man. Oh, it's so good. I... Literally, I saw it almost a week ago. At this point, I can't stop thinking about it. I want to go back. I want to go it. back. I know. Yeah. I just take the take a half day and go see it again.
1: <gasps> yes, let's cool. do it. We'll get the. It'll be a outing for yeah. everybody. All
0: right. Well, if you guys made it this far and you want to, you know, if you we we had a few people when we did the Game of Thrones. Um, Kind of wrap up that we did after our monthly episode. We got some good feedback. People said that they enjoyed that and would love to hear us talk about other stuff like that. So if you enjoyed this, let us know. Shoot us a message. And if you did like this and you want to send us a tweet at Pro Book Nerds or an email at Professional Book Nerds at Overdrive.com, if there's other literary things out in the world that you would be like, I would wonder what Adam and Jill's takes are, let us know what you would love to hear us talk about in addition to obviously the book recommendations and the interviews. Because, like I said, it's our our podcast we (laughs) we added a third episode this week just so that jill and i could not only talk about it for a half hour during the workday but justify it by recording it so let us know pretty much anything else no all right well i hope you guys have a wonderful day and that you're all floating down here and all those things and bye you georgie (laughs) Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris
1: Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual.
0: All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist
1: Podcast.